The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by the Help Me Find a Therapist webinar. Are you someone that has been listening to this podcast and you definitely are ready to take the step in looking for a therapist? Are you someone that is interested in finding an African-American therapist, maybe of a Christian therapist and don't know where to start? I've got you covered, girl. Let's cut out the Google searches and let me help you find a therapist that's right for you. So in this webinar, I'll share with you how you can find a therapist that's just right for you. This webinar will cover how you can find a therapist in your area. Maybe you want to find a therapist that's virtual, low cost options, how to find a therapist, maybe with or without insurance. I'll also cover specifically all of the websites you can utilize to be able to find an African-American therapist and even a Christian therapist. So I promise you, I won't leave you hanging That is not the only thing we're going to cover in this webinar. As a bonus, I also will include my consultation question ebook. So when you call a therapist, you know exactly what questions you need to ask, specifically even asking them questions about their faith and if you can include that in your sessions. This ebook has all the questions that you want to ask, as well as it'll give you the opportunity to really advocate for yourself for your mental health journey. If you're interested in starting therapy, definitely go to helpmefindatherapist.com. Again, that's helpmefindatherapist.com or go to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait for you to start your mental health journey. Now let's get back to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Raza Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hey, girl, I love you. How are you doing? I am super excited about being in front of the microphone this week. I'm actually recording this live on my Instagram, so I may start doing that. I don't know, sis. Don't quote me. Okay, but I really wanted to talk to y'all today. I am bursting at the seams today. Quick story time. So. For those of you that don't know, and I don't know my Instagram family knows, but I recently transitioned into full-time entrepreneurship. Saying that out loud still scares, well, I ain't gonna say it scares me. It's still really new. It doesn't scare me anymore. So I'm officially probably like a month in now, and it has been such a journey. And I want to talk to y'all today about the in-between space. That's what I'm titling this podcast. I want to talk about the in-between space because recently, more recently for myself, I've had to step into what I call complete blind faith. And blind faith is such a out of your comfort zone type of space to be in that I know we talk about faith. I know we talk about walking with the Lord. I know we say all the time, girl, you know, walk with God, this, this, this. But when you are walking blindly with God, not walking blind, I ain't talking about deceptive blind. When you're walking blindly with God, this in-between space with him is so out of your comfort zone. It's like freaky. Anyway, long story short, entrepreneurship is mental gymnastics. Like, let me just say, besides just even giving content, sharing with y'all, being a service to you all, that part to me feels easy. The hard part is literally when 
you are having to tell yourself and affirm yourself constantly. There is a level of confidence knowing who you are, knowing your abilities and your capabilities. It is like way past the point of questioning, am I capable of doing this? It's like you just don't have a choice. And I don't think that really there's a lot of people that really share what that looks like because practically I feel like we all have vision in our mind to get to a certain place. Well, what happens when you meet that place and then your mind goes even farther to another place? I feel like God never stops giving us vision, but he doesn't really give us a lot of context. He doesn't give us any instructions on, yeah, you giving me vision, Lord, but what does it look like to get there? Like, I don't really know what that looks like. So for me, it was more of part of the reason I left my job was I knew deep down in my heart there was so much more I had to share and so much more I wanted to get to my audience. But I knew that at the capacity in the place I was, I no longer could be at a place where I was miserable doing something I knew I could do, but I knew I could do more. And that was it's really uncomfortable to be at a place where you feel sad because I'm going to talk about that where you feel sad about knowing you can do more and you just don't do it out of fear and comfortability. And so I want to talk about this in-between space because it is such a different space to be in for me, but it also has birthed out in me stuff that I ain't never seen, sis. Okay, this is a different type of gangster in myself that I ain't never seen. But it's also shown me a different revelatory relationship with God to make me understand like I am extremely well taken care of. So anyway, So I polled my audience last week in my email and I asked them what way could I serve them? And then additionally, you know, I asked them, I said, what is something you've been procrastinating on? Because I serve a lot of women in my brand show up, sis. I feel like it's just a brand. I don't even feel like it's a program. I feel like it's just an overall brand where I help you really overcome procrastination and self-sabotage. And a lot of them said that they procrastinate on starting a blog or doing whatever they feel like God has placed in their heart to do. And there's this in-between space to get to the part of what you receive from God vision-wise to the actual place of doing it. And the in-between the decision, there's this question of, am I capable? I'm not qualified. What if I start and then I fail? What if I don't know what this, most of it is, I don't know what it looks like. Like, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I don't have the resources, the people, the things to help me. And so there's this like in between this decision space. And so I'm here to snatch your edges and let you like go into purpose because whatever you have on your heart is purposeful. Here's why. And this is my first point. God gives us vision. God gives us vision. God gives us vision. This is why I believe that God is a dad and he has all these things in his mind and his heart and his love for us that he wants to share. What kind of dad would not want to tell his children things? Like I can only think of when Elijah gets older and he asks me a question like I'm going to probably inundate him with a bunch of information out of my sheer love to share everything that I know with him, all the wisdom I have with him. And so the thing about God is God is always casting vision. Why? Because he knows that vision is something that if we partner with him, he gets the glory. So because he gives us vision constantly, we are always coming up with ideas. We always, I hear people always say, oh, I just get ideas all the time about this. And it's like, why haven't you stepped into it yet? Well, it's like, then we stop and say, because I don't feel qualified or everybody's doing this. or I've seen somebody else do this. And it's like, why does that even matter? Those things don't take away from the vision God has given you because he told you to do it. 
the second thing with that is the reason he also gives us vision is because he wants his glory. Like at the end of the day, he wants to be able for the world to know who he is. Like that's a big part of it. And so if you hold something that is valuable, why would you not share it with other people knowing that at the end of the day, you're going to give God glory. And it could be as small as, and since, let me even go as far as to say, you ain't got to be in a pulpit. Like you don't even have to, you, what you represent within itself is God. So if you want to start something related to clothes, that still gives God glory in that space. Why? Because there may be somebody that's lost who loves what you wear and doesn't know the Lord. And when they see you, they're just attracted to your spirit and you within yourself could say something that could really, really like plant something in that that could help them. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what God wants is to be able to get his kids and get to his kids. And so when we hold back, we are holding back the ability for us to partner with God to step into things. But the in-between spaces, God does not give you context. I'm just going to say, welcome to being like a daughter of the most high. Why? Because there's so many other things in between that he's doing that we don't see that if he told us everything, it will overwhelm us too much. And so the problem is what happens is when we don't then do what we feel like in our heart, we should be doing. I say should, because I don't want to make it sound shameful because there is a process, I believe, until you make the decision to step out in faith. I don't want it to be as if it's a shameful thing, but I wanted to paint the picture of what it looks like. You become so sad. You get sad. You get really, really, really sad. And if y'all feel this on Instagram, give me some heart so I know I'm not the only one. You get really sad in yourself that you're not fully doing what you know you are capable of doing. You get really sad that you are bursting at the seams with so much knowledge, wisdom, capability, dreams, all of these things, and you're not stepping into it. And so when you get sad about it, then that's when the enemy bops you upside your head and it's like... Oh, well, God didn't call you. Oh, you're not capable. Oh, you're not this. Oh, you're not that. With insecurity, comparison, rejection, you feel then rejected by God because you're like, it's not happening. It's not happening for me, Lord. You don't want this. Then in our craziness, we start to blame the Lord as like, it's his fault that these things are happening. And it's like, but I've given you everything. I literally have given you your hands to be able to touch whatever it is. And the Bible says, whatever our hands touch prosperous. I've given you a gift. I've given you, the Bible literally says your gift will put you in the presence of great men. Well, if the gift does that, and then the talents, when we get the parable of the talents, we think of your work at that point with every talent you've been given is supposed to increase. It's supposed to multiply, but you're holding it and hoarding it out of fear, thinking God is mad at you because, and then that's the other thing. We get to the place of the in-between in the in-between process where we feel like, well, I don't want to be out of God's will. And it's like, you don't have that much authority to literally like for his hand to be off. You don't have that much power for to basically like when the Bible talks about God taking his hand off of people, it's out of them being disobedient, completely ignoring him. The Bible says literally when we resist, like we resist the devil, he flees. But when we resist God, it's like, what can he do? And so out of disobedience, out of disobedience, We are thinking we're walking in faith, but what we're really doing is hoarding things that people need. That's what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about the people, the Samaritan, where the people that had had things for them who just kept walking past and like you have the ability to help other people with what you have, but you won't do anything. And so this in-between space, not to shame you, sis, but to say you're not going to have context. You're not going to know what to do. 
Sometimes you got to open your mouth and ask a question. Sometimes you have to start researching. Most of y'all too even know exactly what to do, have done it, but then you start self-sabotaging and get imposter syndrome as if you don't belong or are capable and then you pull back. But what does that do? You are holding things we need. Literally, there is a girl I hired to run my social media for my podcast. If I didn't have sis, I would be drowning and doing the work, which takes me out of my element support in other ways. My capacity has gotten too big now for me to handle running a social media account for something that I can't do. I'm still going to produce the content, but I in myself can't do it. She holds the ability and capability to do that. I love her. <laughs> I really love her. But if she didn't put that out there, if she didn't say she was able to do it, I would then not have the assistance to do and operate in the best place possible. Doesn't take away from my capabilities, but it also puts someone else in position to be able to operate in their gift. It gives her practice to whatever she's going to do eventually if she ever decides to not do it no more. But if she didn't do that, I wouldn't be helped. And so as the body, we don't realize that we are all valuable. Whatever you all hold, there's something you hold that I may need. I don't hold everything. I don't want to hold everything, first of all. But at the same time, y'all, this in-between space of feeling not qualified, that's basic level stuff that we are past. I was reading this morning, I think it's in Ephesians, where it was talking about we're seated in heavenly places with God. And so if we're at this high place with Jesus, if we're literally seated with him, like sitting with him, sitting, the Bible says we are seated with God in heavenly places. So that means that also tells me that I have the same access that Christ has to God. Baby, I'm about to throw my hair. I mean, throw my head away. You have the same access to Christ. You have the same access to God, even that Christ does through God's spirit. The only way you're able to even access any of this is through Jesus, uh, period. I don't care what nobody say. Anybody can talk about the universe or universe and all that foolery. I'm just going to say it. You can only have access to God through Christ. And so because you then are seated in these places, you have the ability. We're past the place of saying we're not qualified, y'all. Like that's basic knowledge. It's basic knowledge to know you're called. It's basic knowledge to know you're qualified. It's basic knowledge to know you have identity in God. But a lot of it too, and I talk about this, is most of us, and I'm going to hit you real hard, aren't spending time with God to know who we are. We aren't spending enough time with God to know we're loved by him. We're not spending enough time with God to know that we're called by him. Or we have spent time with God and we've just fallen away in our time. That was me last week. I literally was like, I got to work. I got to work. I got to work, Lord. And he was like, you're not spending time with me you're losing the space. And if you don't get back in front of me, you're going to be destroyed by your own thoughts. Why? Because he's giving me vision. I have an imagination, but my imagination makes me run all the way down the street to another place that ain't got nothing to do with me. That ain't even where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be in front of the father. And so like for three days, I think I fasted and got back in front of him, but it was a moment of repentance of forgive me for stepping away from my place with you. My position is in front of you at your feet. So that I'm empowered to do then what it is because it is only by your spirit that I'm able to do these things. But we're not spending time with God to be in front of his face to seek his heart. And what that just genuinely looks like, y'all, praising him, worshiping him, reverencing him, turning on some worship music and literally sitting quiet, putting your phone in another room, like not getting distracted. And it doesn't have to be this super religious thing that we paint our picture in our mind. It's really just spending time with your father 
reading your word, being before him. And so because of that, because we're not doing that, we don't feel empowered. We're getting bopped upside the head with our thoughts. We're allowing things to trigger us to make us get out of this place. And so this in-between process, we then start to tell ourselves, oh, everybody and their mama doing that. Or I'm not empowered to do so. Or because I can't or haven't seen it be done, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, listen to me. Hear me out, sis. I don't know what I'm doing every day. I literally can make a list. I can plan. But I don't know what I'm doing every day. I don't know what I'm doing. When I started my podcast, I literally did not know what I'm doing. When I started show up, sis, I did not know what I was doing. You don't know. You don't know. What happens is, and I'm just going to tell you what it is. It is almost like when you are bored, God gives you a box of puzzle pieces. And he's like, put this together. You own, And then you lose puzzle pieces and find it. And then you're able to actually then put the puzzle together in faith because you don't know where the pieces go. You don't even really have the picture. You have a model kind of of the picture, but you don't really know. And so when I talk about this being your in-between space, the in-between space is you not feeling as though you have to have every piece. You're not going to know. I'm going to go to the scripture in Ecclesiastics 11 for that says, this is so good to me. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. I think I talked about this in the episode. There's never a perfect time to start. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they will never harvest. If you look at like, oh my God, all these things and you never do anything, you're never going to plant. You're never going to produce anything. You're not going to produce the vision in your mind that's there. And truly, let me tell you, even in our minds, the vision we have is limited. What I could imagine... Two years ago, when I told God I wanted to be an entrepreneur to be, is not what it is now. Because in my mind, then I was like, oh, I'm just going to be off. I'm going to wake up whenever I want to, baby. You know, girl, listen, now it's like you got to work. It's different. So what you think in your mind is going to look like is not what it is. But it doesn't take away from the ability of it being something that's accomplished. Your job is to just act in faith. This episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by Christ Couch. Hey, girl. So if you're not familiar with Christ Couch, let me tell you all about it. So every single Monday, I send an email to my email list that is filled with so much information, so much value every single Monday. And I love to call it Christ Couch. Christ Couch is a place where we discuss countless topics, gather together as girlfriends, and share our daily walk through life, all while uplifting one another. Over time, I have been able to learn that Christ allows us to experience his goodness and true vulnerability through relationships. So let's take a seat and share it all on the couch. In this Monday email that you will receive every single Monday from me at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, you'll get a full-on devotional and prayer, a little Motivation Monday, I like to call it, where you get to start the week off with a little motivation and a weekly mental health tip that you can weekly and very easily add to your life. So if you're interested in Christ Couch, definitely go to the link in my show notes, completely free to you. You'll get an email every single Monday from me, and I cannot wait to share with you all the amazing things on the couch. Now let's get back to the show. I think somebody, when they emailed me last week, they were saying how they wanted to start a blog, did all the research, wrote up stuff and just never put it out. Like, 
what does that mean when when we are visited by our father at the end of our lives and we have to take in, he has to take in a, we have to take an account for everything we did and we tell god well i wrote all these things but i never put it out and he's looking at us like why why didn't you do that we care about what people think we compare ourselves too much and because of that we never plan and we wait for perfect weather okay and so i'm gonna give you wait let me make sure i got my notes correct Oh, and so, oh, this is so good. So the second part of this is we're deceived by our own limitations. You think you're limited and you're really not limited. You really have every resource you need. It's just sometimes you need access to those resources. But some, you sometimes you cannot even get those resources until you act in faith. I believe, and this is just my perfect thought, and this will go into what I'm talking about in a minute. Actually, let me read the scripture first. The scripture in 2 Corinthians 9 says, it talks about God giving seed to the sower. Oh, this is good. Remember this, 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds gets a small crop, but the one who plants generously gets a generous crop. When you're constantly in the mind space of, I'm going to give, I'm going to share, I'm going to, I'm going to do, you're always going to have generous amounts of things. Why? This is what I truly, truly believe. This goes, I'm going to skip down to verse 10. Oh, no, no. Let me keep going. Verse seven, each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously, generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share to others. So when you're constantly giving from a place of, I'm giving out of, I know this is what God said to me. I know this is what he told me to do. You're always gonna have everything you need. You are always gonna be well taken care of and have more left over. This is why going down to verse 10, it says for God, who is the one who provides seed to the farmer and then bread to eat in the same way he will provide increase to your resources, then produce a great harvest of generosity to you. I imagine God standing us in front of a field and being like, okay, you are going to be able to do this. That could be you being a doctor. That could be you being an attorney. And you know, I'm speaking just like in general terms, it could be you being an entrepreneur. It could be you doing a blog. It could be you doing real estate. It could be you going back to school. It could be you this. And he's standing in front of a field open, like ready for harvest for you to have, gives you a bunch of seed, puts it into your hand. And you're looking at, you're looking at the field like, okay, what am I supposed to do? He's like, just go. Just what do you do with seed? You throw it, you plant it. Here's the issue. You're looking back at God saying, I need more seed. I need more seed. I need more confirmation. I need more. Okay, God, I need more to you. Tell me like, is this the exact seed I need to plant? Do I need to plant it just like this Lord? And he's like, what do you do with seed? You plant it. You just start. You may throw it and it not like it may not go anywhere, but you just start. And he's like, I have a whole bag of seeds for you, but you have a handful of seeds and I'm not going to give you more until you plant the ones you have. So you're asking for capacity enlargement, but you aren't doing what you have within your capacity currently. That was good to me, sis. And so because of that, literally, we are holding back for people what they need for not even for people but even for like imagine this imagine if nobody I remember my first real experience with God was when I was a teenager and I went to a church I don't even remember who invited me and I went to church and I was a part of this teenage church and it was so good and the man that was the youth pastor at the time was so good what if he never stepped into his calling 
never even stepped into being a pastor. And I'm again, I'm not ever going to say like, sometimes our position is in the church. Like sometimes your position isn't out. Sometimes your position and your position with God is not in church. Never speaking against God's church, never. But like, sometimes it's not in the physical building being a pastor or, or whatnot. Sometimes you just be yourself and who you exude is God. But what if he never did that? Me as a 13, 14, 15, 16 year old, never having been exposed to that, probably would have never had a foundation with the Lord. And so because of that, if he had never stepped into it, I would never have the exposure, which we, we would not be here, sis, because the way things were going on when I was a teenager, like talk about it, lost, okay? Never, what if he never did that? So you're essentially holding back tools and arsenal for people that they need. But selfishly, and I'm going to say it because it's pride, selfishly thinking that you're walking in faith and you're not like, you're not. It's like, if I believe the Lord has qualified me and he loves me and he cares for me, why do I then hold back out of fear, out of thinking? Because really, truly what you're asking for of having context, and I know I'm checking myself, is you feel entitled that God is supposed to tell you everything. But it's like, would I tell some, oh, Jesus, would I tell something to somebody I don't trust? Elijah's capacity would not handle the things that I want to tell him. Like he's not going to understand, son, that you're a black male at eight months old. He's just not going to understand that. I'm going to hit at the capacity and the level that he can understand it. When he's older and can process it, I'm going to hit him with the real stuff. I'm going to give it the capacity. I'm going to give you this circle where you can crawl and go have freedom to crawl. So here's the thing. The capacity that God wants to bless us with, we have to be mature enough to receive, but we have to start in walking. He trusts us with what we have. I'm going to give you more. And the thing is, he promises he's going to give us more. It's not even that he doesn't trust us to not give us more. It's like, but will you do with this that I want to give to you? And so because of that, again, this in-between space, we can't feel entitled. We have to understand that our ability to walk with God is always going to be in abundance. He always promises that he loves us. He promises that he will take care of us, but we are well past the point of identification that we are called. We are well past the identification that we are qualified. We are well past the identification piece of that we have everything we need. I was reading in Isaiah last week and Isaiah identifies the Lord as the Lord of heaven's armies. That's our daddy. Our daddy is the Lord of heaven's armies. Above all, above anything, this is who we get to be in relationship with. And so to feel like we are entitled to every bit of the plan without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. We're not even pleasing him fully because we think that we're walking in a place of faith when we're really not trusting. And this is a constant thing. The biggest way that you walk in faith is by constantly staying before the father, constantly asking him questions, ask him the questions. Why am I not believing Lord? What is it? What is it that's inside of me that's stopping me from believing and trusting? What is the thing that's stopping me from taking the opportunity and taking the step? What is the thing that's stopping me from making these things? I ask the Lord, why am I so distracted? Like, what is the thing that's causing me distraction? And he's like, cause you're spending too much time doing other things and I need you in front of me. You're being too busy and you're not spending time with me. That was a simple question to answer. And so this is not a shame. Like, hear me clear, sis. This is not shaming you. So do not take it like that and hear me out when I say this is all in love. This is conviction. This is really, really a turning point of repentance. 
to come back to that center point of do the last thing. Pick the lowest hanging fruit. What's in front of you that you can manage? Let's just say you want to spend four hours a week. What if you only have four hours a week, 30 minutes every other day to just be able to spend on the thing you have? That's enough to God. What's going to happen is he'll expand that time even more in ways that you don't even realize. And so again, going back to this in-between space, it starts by getting in front of the Lord. It starts by relying on the body your friends that are for real, for real, your friends that speak the Lord, okay? And like can pour into you, rely on your community. That was another thing that a lot of the ladies who emailed me back said, they said they don't feel like they have community. So there's a missing piece. And I will say like, I totally understand that because I've been in relationships where I felt like I was drowning and I didn't have what I need. So I can totally understand that. But who, who is one person you can just say, I need to be held accountable in this area, that can hold you accountable because the thing about your gifts and I heard this from Marshawn Evans once this is your gifts collapse time for people I collapse time for y'all with what I talk about why because I'm literally giving you language to feelings and thoughts and things that you would have taken years to probably decipher in therapy years to probably figure out on your own in God's time even not having the language because let me just keep it 100 with you like there's not a lot of people who look like me, talk like me, who is going to give it to you like this in a way that you can understand, process, and get. That collapses time for you because it makes you feel less shameful to come to God about and be who you are. You're authentically you. And so I just want to say, like, don't feel like you have to know the in-between. God's going to give you clues, but he, he may not give you the full plan and that's fine. He's giving you enough to take. Like, what's enough to take? What's enough that you can handle in front of you? You'll get the rest as you go. But it's called faith for a reason. It's literally the substance of things hoped for. When we get vision, we're hoping for it. We're in expectation of it, but we're walking to get to it. And so once you've received it, then at that point, it's more to do. There's more. There's always going to be more. There's always going to be more. Why? Because God is a multiplier. He told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. In John 15, the Bible talks about when he prunes a tree, he prunes it so it can bear more fruit. He's only going to pull or subtract or take away to give more. It's never a subtraction to hurt you. It's always to make you have more. So I say that to say, start with what you have. Start with what you have. Start with what you have. I'll give you some quick things really quick. With vision and trust, it goes back to relationship with God. It's not having everything you need, having some community and then some level of accountability. If that accountability is what God talked to him, like he's your homie. Like I was telling the Lord all the time, like, I don't get it. Like, why is it so hard? Why, why is it so hard? Lord? Like, this is just the hardest thing I've ever done. Besides parenting, like parenting is probably the hardest thing I've ever done. But second to this is probably entrepreneurship. But it's really like the resolve is being in front of him, being in front of him. So what do you need to do to get in front of God to ask him those questions? Who do you need to connect with? How do you need to start with what you have, even if you ain't got a lot? And how can you just surprise yourself? Put it out and just don't worry about it. Just put it out. Put it out. Whatever it is, do it. Go get the promotion. Go get what is yours. It's yours, period. And we're promised to be able to get more as we do it. So that's all I have this week, y'all. I love you. 
This is a quick 30 minute episode. I hope it was fruitful to you and I hope it blessed your life. I love you, girl. And if you are interested in, I'm going to be doing two things really soon. I actually did the Time With God Challenge last year. My last time doing it was probably around August, right before I had Elijah in December. And I'm going to be bringing that around again the end of August. If you are interested, just go to the link in the show notes to my email list and sign up for that. Also, I'm going to be bringing Show Up Sis, my eight-week program back around soon in September. So if you're interested in that, I'm only taking a certain amount of women. And it's going to be really, really good. I'm really excited to share that with you as well. So go ahead and go sign up for my email list and you'll get access to all of that first. And that's all. All right, girl, follow me on Instagram. Let me know how you love the podcast episode and I will talk to you soon.